You are listening to Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, with your host, Randy Sutton. Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, here on the America Out Loud Network. I'm your host, Randy Sutton, 34-year police veteran and founder of The Wounded Blue, the National Assistance and Support Organization for Injured and Disabled Law Enforcement Officers. On this show, we talk about all things law enforcement. And if you're familiar with uh, my show, usually we bring on a guest and, um, and, and uh, get a little different perspective about certain things in law enforcement. But there's just too much to talk about. And so we're going to do a, uh, uh, an expanded version of the briefing room and we're going to talk about all of the madness and the crazy. Uh, I, it's, I don't even have really words to describe everything that's going on in law enforcement. It seems to be coming to a crescendo as we, as we uh, catapult forward towards the presidential election. Now, I don't like to get political when it comes down to R's and D's, when it comes down to law enforcement. But... I just there's no way to there's no way to avoid it any longer because there is such a stark difference in the way that that um, first of all the presidential candidates um, uh, talk about law enforcement and perceive law enforcement deal with law enforcement I mean it is so it is such a deep contrast that um, that I have to talk about it so I'm going to start this discussion today um, with with what happened at, at the town hall meeting uh, with uh, with the presidential hopeful Joe Biden so Joe Biden has never been uh, well at least in, in in his recent in his recent bid for presidential election um, seems to be pretty much devoid of respect for the American law enforcement officer. Probably why every single uh, police union and major, major organization has endorsed the president of the United States, Donald Trump, as, as the person that they, uh, they endorsed for president. You know, it, what's interesting to me is that historically, police unions like the Fraternal Order Police, uh, the Policeman's Benevolent Association, um, New York City uh, Police Association, um, and, and the large agencies around the country that have uh, big law enforcement associations, they've pretty much kept out of presidential politics, except this time. And and I think that's really something really important to talk about because there's a, there's a lot riding on this particular presidential election. The, um, the reality is this, at least as I see it, and that is that President Trump has been a staunch supporter of American law enforcement since way before he took the oath of office for president of the United States. I know personally police officers who dealt with him when he was in business uh, years and years ago in New York City. And pretty much every single officer that I've spoken to 
who has had dealings with him, has said the same thing. They said that he has always had a deep and abiding respect for cops and always treated them very, very well. Treat them like human beings. And that includes, you know, when when doing uh, uh, protection details and such, he, he uh, shows them respect and shows uh, interest in their comfort and... Uh, and just, you know, treating them like normal human beings. So he didn't really, ch- he didn't change his spots when he when he became president of the United States. And, and one of the, I think the deepest and most imperative uh, topics in, in the United States is law and order. Because we are seeing nothing but a devaluation of law and a huge... Um, increase in disorder in this country. The amount of violence taking place in the major cities in the United States is astounding. And the response from political leadership in these cities is just as astounding because they seem to either ignore it, um, devalue the victims who are being targeted and, and, and having their lives ruined, by mobs of, uh, I don't even want to say protesters, because it's not protesting, they're, they're rioters. They are villains, and they are, um, they are being given carte blanche in cities like Minneapolis and Portland and Seattle and um, Kentucky, the uh, Louisville, Kentucky, uh, you name it. And if there is... A riot, if there is a protest, it, it will inevitably become a riot because that is the, uh, that's the norm now. And the Democratic leadership in all these cities, because it is always Democratic leadership in these cities, are doing nothing to protect the citizens, are certainly doing nothing to protect the police, and just the opposite. They're throwing the cops to the wolves. So when I talk about... The difference in President Trump and President, Vice President Biden, who's running against him, there is a stark, stark contrast. And I think that it was really shown deeply in the uh, town hall meeting where, where Joe Biden, who I, I can't believe he is truly as ignorant as he sounds, but I, there's no other excuse Um so in his in his town hall, he was talking about police reform because, of course, we have to reform the police because it's the, it's always the police problem. It's not it's not the the criminal problem. It's the police problem. And Biden is completely on board with that narrative, completely. But he's he's so ignorant of the realities of policing that he came out with this beauty. Former President Joe Biden suggested that cops should shoot people, quote, in the leg, unquote, when discussing police reform at his town hall. Shoot them in the leg. So here's, here's an exact quote. This is from the man who wants to be president of the United States. Quote, you have to teach people how to de-escalate circumstances. De-escalate. So instead of anybody coming at you and the first thing you do 
is shoot to kill, you shoot them in the leg, Biden said. I shoot them in the leg. You know, this, this is like, I've had three-year-olds and four-year-olds ask me, why don't you shoot somebody in the leg or in the arm like, like on TV? And that's exactly what Biden sounds like. He sounds like a, he sounds like a child who is so ignorant of the, the, the realities of police combat. And so, of course, the, the, the question is, and I've had, I've had other and seen other people make the same um, statement. So let's talk about why cops don't shoot at extremities. And, and like I said, every, there, are, there are times when I have seen cops literally shoot the gun out of someone's hand. You know, in, in a controlled environment where there is someone with a, 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 a long gun that has, um, you know, the accuracy where you can pinpoint a target and the target is stationary, similar you know, to someone who may be holding a hostage and has the ability when he, when he drops his hand. I've seen those shots take place. They're amazing. And, and, and it's been used to um, successfully end some confrontations. But that's, not the, that's the exception, not the rule. The rule in police combat is that, that these situations take place in milliseconds, that a, a, an incident will escalate from zero to 100 in seconds. And so a police officer has a life and death decision, his life or death, or her life or death, or the life or death of a citizen to make a split-second decision to use deadly force. And the purpose of deadly force is cops don't shoot to kill. So that's another ridiculous, um, that's another ridiculous assertion by the guy who, who wants to be president of the United States. Police officers don't shoot to kill. They shoot to stop the action. And by doing that, by stopping the action, you have to, you have to use the tools at your disposal and understand the, 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 um, the physical characteristics of a human being, how to stop them with um, using the amount of force that, that you are justified to use. So if you, let's just say I choose to aim at someone's arm or leg uh, and not at center mass, which is where police are trained to shoot. Well, I'm responsible for wherever that bullet goes. And if I'm in a combat situation and someone is moving their arms and legs because they're not standing there holding, holding still, they're fighting, they're, they're aiming a gun at you, they're uh, uh, kicking or whatever it, action they're doing, they're not just standing still. So if I'm going to aim at an arm or a leg, the chances of me actually hitting that arm or leg are, are pretty much infinitesimal. And so that bullet's going to go somewhere. Where's it going to go? If it goes and hits an innocent person, whose head's on the chopping block? Yeah, that's right, me. So you shoot to stop the action. And by stopping the action, you, you, you very often um, do kill the suspect because that's the only way to stop him. 
and and I got to let me tell you a little reality story. When when shootings take place, they are not um, they're not like TV. Okay, when shootings take place, they are usually they take place within five to seven feet. They take place in seconds, and the officers uh, fire a number of rounds because the human body can absorb a lot of punishment. A person can be injured fatally and still kill you. It's happened time after time after time. So if I shoot someone in the leg, as our vice former vice president suggests, he's got a gun in his hand. Why on earth is he going to stop shooting at me because he got shot in the leg? He's not. And this is there's there's thousands of names on the wall in Washington, D.C., of police officers who have been killed in combat. And um, they deserve to, um, to be memorialized, and their deaths should not be in vain. We need to learn from those incidents, and we do. And so these are hard-earned lessons when police officers are trained to shoot center mass. And the reason that those lessons are so hard earned is because so many officers have died in the line of duty um, and and uh, had similar situations where an individual was shot in an extremity, uh, probably accidentally, but still able to kill the officer. As well as, um, you know, you sometimes hear so much criticism, why did he shoot so many times? Because that's the number of times it took to stop the action. Uh, the, the, the human body can absorb uh, a lot of damage before it shuts down. You can be suffering a fatal wound and still be um, a, uh, a dangerous adversary, even though you're mortally wounded, as has been um, demonstrated literally thousands and thousands of times. So for a presidential candidate to come out with a a statement that's literally just as ignorant as ignorant could be, I think reveals a lot about um, about what the the Democratic um, uh, contenders here are, how they feel about police, and how they feel about justice. And to me, that's that's a huge consideration when it comes down to who to vote for. So that's what I'm going to talk about as far as Biden goes and, uh, and, and President Trump, who has shown nothing but support for American law enforcement throughout his, throughout his life, not just throughout his tenure as, as, a, uh, as the president. But, you know, laws are being put forth that do everything to really um, reduce the ability of the police to police. And, and once again, I'm going to tell you, I, I hate to throw political parties in here, but I'm going to tell you about something in, in uh, Virginia. Now, Virginia to, is, is one of the states that is um, unabashedly anti-law enforcement. They're, they, 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 they are passing law after law and policy after policy to quite literally handcuff 
their police from, from being effective. And what they've come up with now is something that will just leave you shaking your head. And, and what's incredible here is all of these potential laws and policies and, and procedures and rules that the state legislatures and lawmakers are passing are allegedly in protection of minority of the minority community. That's that's how they're that's how they're they're uh, uh, passing these laws by saying, well, they, we have to protect the black community or the Hispanic community from those bad police, and so it's it's in it's in this. Um, it's in the spirit of defaming police and making them, uh, uh, dehumanizing them and characterizing them as, as racist killers that they are enacting some of the, the dumbest uh, policies and laws that, that, are, that, that it boggles the mind. So here's the latest one. Here's the, here's the headline. Virginia lawmakers passed bill to reduce traffic law stops and outlaw some marijuana searchers searches. A bill that pro, that proponents contend will reduce police target, targeting of black drivers with unwarranted traffic stops and vehicle searches has passed the General Assembly and is on the way to the governor for consideration. The legislation bars police from stopping drivers for a wide range of vehicle equipment offenses. Everything from tinted windows, to faulty brake lights, to loud mufflers, to objects dangling from the rearview mirrors, the measure says that, that cops can't pull drivers over for having expired inspection stickers unless they're at least three months past due or for outdated registration tags. It says police can't stop cars for driving without headlights at night. You got to be kidding me. Uh, also, the bill would block police from searching vehicles on the basis that a police officer says he smells marijuana coming from the car. So, in other words, even though these laws exist, and they exist for the safety of the community at large, what these lawmakers are saying, hey, and, and I think that this is truly racist. They're saying that black drivers can't conform to the laws, so we have to change the laws to protect the black drivers. If that isn't a, a racist thinking process, I don't know what is. And yet these, quote, woke, unquote, politicians um uh, look upon this as they're riding to the rescue of of the black community from the racist police. Well, why do these laws exist to begin with? Okay, driving without headlights. Um, maybe because it's dangerous. Also because driving without headlights is one of the uh, major factors in um, making DUI stops because when you're drunk, you sometimes don't realize your headlights are off. So the same thing with marijuana intoxication. So what, what they're saying is here, 
So even though I, as a police officer, stopped this car and there's clouds billowing out of marijuana smoke and the driver's high, I can't arrest and I can't search because we have to protect those drivers from those bad police. Think of the idiocy of this, of this concept. Thousands and thousands of people die on the highways of this country due to impaired drivers. Drivers impaired from alcohol, from marijuana, from prescription drugs, from, from cocaine, from it, you name it. People will get high and get behind a wheel and kill other people. And whose job is it to stop them? Hmm. Well, I think that might be the police, right? But you have these moron lawmakers in Virginia who want to actually subvert the law that have been that they themselves put into place allegedly to protect black drivers from the cops. Let's talk about this this whole concept of of racist policing cuz I'm really getting sick of it. I am getting, I'm not getting sick, I am sick of this constant narrative put out by agenda-driven politicians and, quote, activists, unquote, that portray the American law enforcement officer as racist killers out hunting down black and brown people. It just, it, it's a lie. It was always a lie. It's a lie now. And the, the facts, the facts are that law enforcement, study after study has been done and shown that there is no bias in law enforcement uh, uses of force, in, especially in, in shootings and, uh, uh, and, and uh, critical incidents. Harvard did a study and found that that was true. But you won't hear it. It gets buried on page 48 of, 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 uh, of your local paper. So even though there's no evidence to, 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 to show that, the narrative gets put out there, and of course, the knee-jerk reactions of politicians is to appeal to their, their base and to try and get more votes. They don't care about what the laws are. They don't care about what reality is. They don't care about about the truth. They care about their power. And so they will use that power and abuse that power uh, to subvert the laws. And uh, and what we're gonna what are we gonna see from this? More and more deaths on the roads, less and less crimes being solved, and that seems to be the real agenda of democratic politicians. Sorry to say that. But that's the reality. Um, there's another story that came out. And it, it really goes back to when, when the narrative of racist police killings came out. And I'm referring to the Ferguson, uh, Missouri shooting of Michael Brown. That was really a pivotal moment in uh, in police history, and it was also the um, the greatest lie about policing ever told. 
I am referring to, of course, the fiction of of uh, Hands Up, Don't Shoot. We all know it never happened. Um, Michael Brown was shot and killed by Darren Wilson, a Ferguson police officer, after he committed a robbery and attacked the officer. Tried to pull the officer's gun out of his hands. He was shot, then he attacked the officer, he was shot and killed. Um, his accomplice in the robbery, when questioned, came out and said, oh, he was trying to surrender, and he said, hands up, don't shoot. Uh, th- that's, that, was the, that was from the, uh, the, the felon who was with Michael Brown. Well, the American media uh, just ate it up. Oh, my God. Ad nauseum every single day. That's all you heard on every broadcast across the United States. Hands up, don't shoot. You had United States senators walking into the chambers with their hands up going, hands up, don't shoot. You had you had those idiotic football players who, who don't, don't have three brains in their head coming onto the field with their arms raised, hands up, don't shoot. You had celebrities at award ceremonies coming onto the stage with their hands raised, hands up, don't shoot. The only problem with this is that it never happened. Never happened. It was proven to be a fiction, even by the Obama Department of Justice, who wanted nothing more than to arrest Darren Wilson. They did everything in their power. They must have, they had probe after probe. It went for a year trying to find a way to prosecute Darren Wilson. When it came down to it, the reality was that everything Darren Wilson did was justified. So why do I bring that up now? Because of, of, uh, of the, the timing here. Well, Here's why. An article came out, and I found it fascinating. It's uh, um, about a uh, um, censorship, I guess, is is the only way to to put it. And that is, there was a a film that was um, completed, and it was a film by a very well-known and well-respected academic and filmmaker. Um, and he came out with the film called What Killed Michael Brown? And in his, in his film, um, Shelby Steele, who, is, by the way, is a black filmmaker, Amazon declined to show it. Amazon, I'll read the headline. Amazon blocks Michael Brown documentary by black filmmaker who challenges victim mentality. And this is, uh, this is out of the Police Tribune. Amazon has declined to stream a documentary film entitled What Killed Michael Brown, produced by black filmmaker and Hoover Institution fellow Shelby Steele. Steele told Fox News the rejection happened because his documentary doesn't fit the narrative of blacks as victims in America. This is his quote. They're saying 
You dare to look at blacks in America as human beings rather than as victims, and we are invested as this huge, massive corporation in the political correctness of seeing blacks as victims. He told Fox that uh, Amazon claimed his documentary title didn't meet Prime Video's, quote, content quality expectations and that they that he could not he could not ever submit it again now shelby Steele has a number of well-known um documentaries and articles he is he is a a tremendous academic that is um not afraid to talk about controversial subjects but he is being victimized by the political correctness of the media as we have have seen over and over again if you don't fit the political narrative now i mean it's like it's like the 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 uh uh, A&E taking off the, the, the television show um, involving involving the police. It's like taking cops off the air. This is part of the new narrative that is being pushed by uh, entertainment corporations. And Amazon, of course, is, is a monster. And yet they refuse to allow another point of view to even be viewed. I never thought, I never thought that I would see in this country the acceptance of of uh, being, of, of having your, your views um, warped by what you're being shown, by the censorship of either the state or the entertainment industry. And yet we're seeing this in, in, a, in a way uh, that is, is dramatic. So who do you trust? Who do you trust? This is, this is where, you know, we've all heard the term fake news. And I hate to say it, but it's a real term. Because we are getting... Our news manipulated. We are getting our information manipulated by politics, by politicians, by the entertainment industry, by people who have an agenda. And this is scary, scary stuff. Um, how can you make how can you make a rational decision based on information? If the information that you're getting is being perverted. And, you know, I, I'm a student of history. I see, and I and I, I wish I didn't say this or have to say this, but I'm seeing way too many correlations happening now, as I saw in the rise to Nazi Germany. We're seeing, we're seeing uh, institutions being attacked. Um, we're, we're having narratives that have been part of history changing. We're having we're having our history rewritten. 
we are having any sort of, of debate about facts um, being shouted down. We're even seeing books being burned. We're seeing a, a concentrated attack on information. And now, you know, within the age of the internet where we should be just, you know, filling our brains with all kinds of knowledge, you have an incredible distrust of every media. And that, and that distrust is earned. That distrust is absolutely earned. Who, who do you turn to? You know, when I, when I turn on the news, I want the news. I don't want Anderson Cooper's opinion. I don't want Don Lemon's opinion about the news. I want to hear the facts and let me judge for myself. You cannot, you cannot make rational decisions based on irrational information that cannot be trusted. So the American people, you know, I, there's, this, there's this distrust of everything in America now. And much of that, I fear, is because the media has created a, an environment of distrust. They've created an environment of confusion. And they have sown the seeds of distrust for their own profit or their own political agenda. And if that doesn't scare you, it really, truly should. That's one of the reasons why I do this show. This is one of the reasons why I appear on Fox and I appear on Newsmax and ABC and CBS and any other, any other uh, media outlet <clears throat> um, that will allow me to talk about the facts of what happens in law enforcement um, uh, instances. Because rarely will you get the truth. And so when, when you tune into Blue Lives Radio, when you tune into um, my, my streaming television show on Life Set, the voice of American law enforcement, I won't lie to you. If, if, there, if there is criticism to be made about the actions of a law enforcement officer or agency, I'm not scared to come out with that. Will mistakes be made? Hell yeah. Will, will lapses of judgment be made? Yes. Is there corruption and does it need to be called out? Yes. Are there leaders who should not be in those positions? Yes. Are there people wearing a badge that shouldn't wear it? The answer is yes. But it's about truth. It's about, it's about telling people the realities. That's what this show is all about. That's what I am all about. And so when I see a presidential candidate come out with something as inane as what Joe Biden says and destructive, because here's a guy, people are, millions and millions of people are looking at him and listening to him. Well, golly, if, the, if, if Joe Biden says the police should shoot people in the leg, why aren't they doing it? What he's doing is putting cops in more danger. 
by creating this false, this this entirely uh, moronic statement. That's why. That's why I, there's. I just cannot. I I really don't like to talk about politics. I I, I keep on saying that, and maybe you're thinking, no, oh, that's that's nonsense. Here he is. He's talking about politics, but. But look at our country. Look at the look at the disorder. Look at the violence. Look at the the lives that are being destroyed in Portland and Seattle, in New York, and 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 the reality is, it's not the cops doing it. The cops want to stop it, and their political leadership is not allowing them to. I want you to go. Right now, I want you to write this down, siegeofportland.com. That's siegeofportland.com. Uh, I, and along with several other um, ta- people who are much more talented than I am, are putting together an incredible expose of the debacle in Portland. And what's really happening there, what the cops are really facing. You will never see this on mainstream media. But we are producing a special report. And you can sign up to be one of the first people to see it. If you go to siegeofportland.com, just put your email address in. We will notify you when it comes out. And it's coming. We've been working on it for months now. Siegeofportland.com. Sign up for for being one of the first to view it. It won't cost you a damn thing. And thousands and thousands of people have already signed up since we announced this about three weeks ago. No, I don't even think it's been three weeks. Maybe two weeks ago, we we announced it on social media, and 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 people are signing up by the thousands. Be be one of those. Um, it's it'll shock you. And, and I got to I'll, I'll tell you this: I'll, the men and women of the Portland Police Bureau are some of the finest law enforcement officers I've ever encountered in my 40 years of being in this business. Bravery, amazing. Um, the working conditions that they're suffering under is is astounding. But you would need to hear it from them. So go to siegeofportland.com, put your email address in there, we'll notify you when it comes out. In the uh, few minutes that we have left, I want to talk about uh, about L.A. Because in, in this continued insanity where cops are being vilified for everything they're doing, the city of, of uh, Los Angeles, the city council, um, is going gonna, is gonna to be playing with the lives of a whole bunch of people. How? I'll read the headline. L.A. City Council votes to create unarmed crisis response team. The city will now begin the process of creating a team to handle, quote, nonviolent calls currently handled, handled by the police. Now, th- this is, anybody that has a death wish should, should sign up to be on one of these teams because this is some serious, crazy stuff. And, uh, and the, the thinking here is just nuts. So um, they're going to send unarmed people um, to domestic violence calls. They're going to send unarmed people 
to suicide calls. Let me tell you the difference between suicide and homicide. Uh, one second. They're going to send. They're going to send people literally into the into the the world of death and destruction who simply cannot are not prepared to defend themselves. It is really uh, now now listen. The, this is all part of the of the moronic defunding and uh, uh, you know ending police services that the left has come up with. It's so patently ridiculous that these efforts are being made. Um, literally, lives will be lost. The the violent crime rate, as we have seen in these cities that have already embraced this like Los Angeles, like New York, like Minneapolis, are skyrocketing. Skyrocketing. There's, the streets are flowing with blood. Victims of, of, of uh, violence, uh, shooting victims, aggravated assault, rape, robbery. Every single violent crime is dramatically increased, sometimes doubling. And yet, what is the city of Los Angeles doing about it? They're going to send unarmed citizens to go deal with problems that uh, that were that are going to get them killed. You know, it's it's unfortunate that that these politicians are playing with the lives of people. Um, they're going to create this this uh, team. Uh, these men and women are going to be assaulted. They're going to be shot. They're going to be stabbed. They're going to be killed. And uh, within I'm gonna. Here's my, my here's my forecast. Within five years, it'll be gone, and it'll be um, it'll be um, looked upon as a failed experiment. But when you actually look at the cost in terms of um, of people's l- lives and their and their health, um, uh, I it, it's gonna be it's gonna be dramatic. So that's about all I have for you today. Um, I know there's a, there was there's a lot more we could talk about, but our time constraints uh, don't allow that. Um, I would ask a couple of things of you if you want to contact me. Go to my Facebook page, The Voice of American Law Enforcement, or on Twitter. I'm at LT Randy Sutton. Contact me if you have ideas for stories that you want. If you have to. You want to tell me something that uh, you think I ought to know if you're in law enforcement. You want to uh, let me know something that's happening. Uh, I get contacted by cops from all over the country. And, uh, and, and many of the stories that I bring forth come from those men and women who are experiencing this firsthand. Uh, so you can find me there. Facebook, um, The Voice of American Law Enforcement. Twitter, at LT Randy Sutton. Also, I would, I would urge you to support The Wounded Blue. That's www.thewoundedblue.org. That is the organization that helps injured and disabled officers. I am the national director of that organization. It is a 501c3 nonprofit. Uh, there are no salaries involved here. Every officer who is part of this amazing organization is an officer who has been shot, stabbed, beaten, uh, run over, screwed up, and screwed over. They work to help uh, officers who have been injured or disabled. And that injury doesn't have to be physical. 
There's a whole lot of emotional and mental injuries that are taking place, psychological injuries, especially now during this time that we are we are facing, uh, you know, this incredible um, spate of violence. These men and women need your help. Uh, if you can, if you can uh, afford to, give five bucks, ten bucks, whatever you can afford. If you are an officer or know an officer that needs help, contact us at www.thewoundedblue.org. Um, sometimes just knowing that someone who has been there, another another cop who has faced the same type of circumstances, although every situation will be different, um, just simply knowing that somebody cares can get you through a lot. We also have a lot of resources that can help people uh, to get into treatment if they need it, whether that's inpatient treatment for uh, addictions or for uh, post-traumatic stress or outpatient treatment. There's a lot of ways we can help. And in the short year and a half that this organization has been in operation, um, they've touched the lives of almost 7,000 American law enforcement officers, which is incredible. The peer team that makes this organization what it is are made up of highly, highly dedicated um, officers and former officers who some have been disabled in the line of duty. Others uh, are, are continuing to work even after they've been significantly injured. It's um, an organization like no other. They need your support. www.thewoundedblue.org. We also have a fantastic, eye-opening documentary film. It's on Amazon. At least, at least Amazon allowed me to uh, allowed us to put that film on. It's called The Wounded Blue: Service, Sacrifice, Betrayed. Go to Amazon.com, check it out. And if you are on YouTube, The Wounded Blue has its own channel, Wounded Blue TV, where there's an amazing series that was uh, directed and produced by uh, Jason Harney, a retired sergeant from the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police, called Voices of the Blue. It's it's an amazing. Uh, Series it'll it'll open your eyes. I guarantee you. It don't cost you anything, and uh, it'll it'll give you, it'll introduce you to some very um, uh, heroic officers, people who have faced a lot of a lot of challenges, and uh, and you'll see how they have dealt with those challenges. I know we were a little disappointed because we've had to push back the Brothers in Blue Bash for a few months because of the COVID insanity. Now, on October 17th, we are still going to have a virtual Brothers in Blue bash, kind of like a tease, and we're going to uh, raise some money. We're going to have some tremendous auction items. So uh, uh, stay listening to uh, this and go to the Facebook page, Brothers in Blue Bash Las Vegas, and get the information there. Now, March 27th, that is a Saturday night here in Las Vegas. The Brothers in Blue Bash, which is going to be the largest celebration of law enforcement, unity, and pride to benefit the Wounded Blue. It's going to be right here in Las Vegas. Got some tremendous, tremendous entertainment lined up for you. There's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a, an event to remember. Fantastic hotel room uh, prices at the Orleans. Just go to the Brothers in Blue Bash. A Facebook page and you can uh, make your um, make your reservations there you can get a table you can get seats you can sponsor 
all kinds of things. Check it out. Facebook page, Brothers in Blue Bash, Las Vegas. I don't know about you, but if you love coffee, you're going to love Law Dog Coffee. Law Dog Coffee Company. Yes, indeedy. This is amazing coffee. It's been uh, in the family of uh, uh, brewers for 90 years, but this particular brand is is uh, created just for us. So if you love coffee, you're going to love Law Dog Coffee, especially because not only is it phenomenal coffee, it's, it's uh, uh, roasted in a, in a family-owned roasting company. It's been around for 90 years, and it is delicious, but it also goes to help the uh, the company law dog coffee company gives a percentage of its income to the woundedblue.org in fact they sponsor the canine companion program for the wounded blue so go to lawdogcoffee.com it gets delivered directly to your house it is phenomenal and it tastes so good it ought to be illegal one of the most important things that you can do as either a law enforcement officer or someone who supports law enforcement is to help injured and disabled officers. How? By simply going to this website, www.thewoundedblue.org. Thewoundedblue.org. And why should you do that? Well, first of all, because I founded the organization. Do you need any more than that, really? So this organization provides tremendous assistance and support to officers who've been injured either physically or emotionally in the line of duty. Uh, we have a phenomenal um, documentary film. If you go to Amazon.com and look at uh, The Wounded Blue, Service, Sacrifice, Betrayed. Also on uh, YouTube, if you go to our YouTube channel, Wounded Blue TV, check out our series, The Voices of the Blue. You want to do everything you can to help these men and women who sacrificed so much for their communities. Go to www.thewoundedblue.org. Spreading the out loud truth from sea to shining sea. AmericaOutloud.com is the voice of liberty and justice for all. This is not a fight of Republican versus Democrat. It's not a fight of rich versus poor, old versus young, man versus woman, gay versus straight. It's not a fight of black lives, blue lives, Hispanic lives, or white lives. This is a battle of good versus evil. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. We are the vision of the voices, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multi-nutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. 
visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. What if a new treatment backed by 17,000 scientific articles was proven to extend our lifespan, protect against terrible diseases like cancer, heart disease, and dementia, make us more attractive and thinner? feel calmer and happier, and boost energy levels, memory, and performance. What would you pay for even the smallest dose of this treatment? The good news is you don't have to pay anything because these are just some of the benefits of a full night of quality sleep. If you're one of the millions of Americans who need better quality sleep, the time to change is now. Until now, most sleep aids haven't worked, but a new easy-to-swallow sleep gel invented by the leading nutrition company Healthy Cell is designed to support all four stages of human sleep to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake up refreshed. It's called REM sleep. To get a free two-night supply of REM sleep, visit HealthyCell.com sleep. That's Healthy, C-E-L-L dot sleep. End of Watch with Randy Sutton. Each week here on Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, we pay our respects to the men and women of the profession who have made the ultimate sacrifice and given their lives in the line of duty. I have several names to read this week. The first is Captain Randy M. Vallow of the Richland Parish Sheriff's Office in Louisiana. Captain Randy Velo died after contracting COVID-19 as a result of a confirmed exposure during an outbreak within the agency. Captain Velo had served with the Richmond, Richland Parish Sheriff's Office for 18 years. He is survived by his wife and seven children. Captain Randy M. Velo, Richland Parish Sheriff's Office, Louisiana. End of watch, Wednesday, September 23, 2020. The next is Officer Carlo J. Kayabayab of the United States Department of Homeland Security, Customs and Border Protection. Officer Carlo Kayabayab died after contracting COVID-19 while on duty at the Takata Port of Entry in Takata, California. The officer had served with the United States Customs and Border Patrol Office for 15 years. He is survived by his mother, brother, and sister. Officer Carlo J. Kayabab, United States Department of Homeland Security, Customs and Border Protection, end of watch, September 16th, 2020. The next is Customs Officer Rene Tumanda of the Guam Customs and Quarantine Agency, Guam. Customs Officer Rene Tumanda died after contracting COVID-19 as a result of an exposure during an outbreak among officers assigned to the Port Authority of Guam. Officer Tamanda had served with the Guam Customs and Quarantine Agency for six years. He is survived by his wife, three children, parents, and two brothers. Customs Officer Rene Tamanda, Guam Customs and Quarantine Agency, end of watch Friday, September 25th, 2020. May they rest in peace. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement here on America Out Loud. I always appreciate hearing from you on Facebook at the voice of American law enforcement. You can also tweet me at LT Randy Sutton. And if you really want to help law enforcement, go to thewoundedblue.org. That's thewoundedblue.org. 
This is the organization that helps injured and disabled officers. Of course, we've seen hundreds and hundreds of officers injured in the recent unrest. You can help. Go to thewoundedblue.org.